Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast. It's so great to be with you today. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist, author, and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. Our conversation is about what matters most in our lives, our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, relationships, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. I wanted to share good news with all of you about our latest book that is here, Intentional Parenting, a Practical Guide to Awareness Integration Theory, which I've uh, written with the two of my wonderful colleagues, Dr. Nicole Jaffari and uh, Dr. Eileen Manukian. Uh, they're both uh, experts in child development, and um, we have taken this book um, and gone from infancy all the way to adulthood, different um, ages, and uh, giving you developmental stages, theoretical perspective, practical tools about what each age actually needs. So if you are a parent, if you're a teacher, um, if you are a teacher to teachers, um, this book is for you, and I'm sure that you will really enjoy it, and I hope you really enjoy it. Um, so that's that. You can get that in Amazon.com or Cambridge, and I will uh, write, write the link for you uh, at the bottom of this um, episode. Now, in this episode, I'm so excited to be speaking with Jeremy Indica. He is the founder of Something to Say Movement. He raises awareness for child abuse by sharing his own story and discusses the subject in the most creative ways, such as using film animation and illustration to engage people in this very difficult subject to bring awareness and to break silence. You can find him in jeremyindica.com. He has created a movement with so many people coming, not only to share, but also now taking it into um, schools, into um, changing the laws, um, into bringing it into everybody's home and everybody's school so that everybody can learn about this. Um, talked about parents and you know what they need to do, all of it. You're gonna have an amazing time listening to that. I, I loved our conversation and I think that it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm sure you'll like it. Subscribe to my podcast this podcast, my YouTube channel, connect with me um, through my website, Fujan Zain, and um, or any of the social media. Um, if you're working on yourself, another wonderful book that I want you to get is um, Life Reset, the awareness integration um, path to creating the life you want. Uh, this book takes you through the whole path and systematically um, gives you uh, awareness about who you are and how to create the life you want. So I hope you enjoy that book too. Uh, without further ado, here he is, Jeremy Indica. Jeremy Indica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is very nice to have you on the show. I have been um, following um, your, I think, LinkedIn. Uh, mm. than we are LinkedIn friends. And um, I saw that you are taking a stance 
and wanting to educate the world. And um, I really um, enjoyed the way that you are taking a stance. And I wanted um, you to come in and talk to the group that are my audience, our viewers and um, our listeners um, about a very, very important fact where it doesn't matter how much we talk about it, there's still angles on this issue that needs to be explored. So thank you for taking the invitation and coming from all the way from London <laughs> to, to us. Thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciate comments like that because I put a lot of hard work into the content that I'm putting out there. To, so for you to say that you are finding it really interesting and engaging the way I'm communicating these topics is a true compliment. So thank you. So um, share a little bit about what got you to want to create the movement of something to say. I started speaking out about my story of childhood sexual abuse in my mid twenties. Um, I was 27 when I spoke out for the first time. And as I spoke more and more about it to more and more people, I got interested in what else was going on out there. You know, I, I, I didn't know of anyone else that had been through an experience like this before. So I started researching online and I just saw the overwhelming amount of people that have been through uh, se sexual abuse situation in their childhood. I came across chat rooms with thousands of people expressing pain and discomfort. I started then following people on Instagram, etc., who were talking about it. I just could not believe the magnitude of this situation. And that's when I thought to myself that I should also try to do something with my story. That's when I took it public and, and now it's turned into something um, quite creative. And, and I would say, yeah, I would say it's turning into a real movement now. I also enjoy that um, you're a man and you're doing this because I think that a lot of the movement that uh, before has been conversed about have been women. Uh, even um, when I've worked in the, whether it was a domestic violence and the child abuse, um, the companies, agencies, nonprofits throughout the years that I've worked, most of the statistics that show up are actually abuse toward women and the abuse toward men are as uh, frequent. Um, however, there, people just don't talk about it. So I was really pleased that um, you're sharing that. Although, you know, from some of the perspective of uh, the, uh, you know, religious clergies when they were doing it, it became more into light that yes, boys were also being abused, um, but still there's so much less talk about, um, you know, the, the boys being abused versus the girls. Absolutely. And one of the, big obstacles that we face here is creating an environment where if the boys and the men want to speak that it's not deemed as a weak mm -hmm. action for them to do that um, I am trying my hardest to communicate that if you've been through a sexual abuse situation in your childhood and you are a male that actually if you ever want to speak out about that situation, that's actually a really strong move. Um, and whatever happened to you in your history um, happened to you. You didn't have any involvement in its its uh, direction. So 
I really just want to show strength and courage. And and the more men that do speak out, um, the, the, the better it's going to be. Uh, people will start taking notice. And if they can do it from a place of strength and courage, that's also going to help. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say that everybody, I would never... Uh, put like some kind of responsibility or ownership on men that they should speak out to help help the awareness so for some people i'm sure speaking out in public or to other people is is not is not a thing but for the people that are speaking out we can at least show the men that don't really want to speak out about it that it's okay and there's no embarrassment or shame to hold with that regardless of whether your abuser was a man or a woman and it's interesting because for people who are the victim of uh, sexual abuse, they hold the shame exactly um, as they shouldn't be because they're not the one who did anything wrong. But uh, we hold the shame of the abuser because even the person who is um, sexually abusing someone, they know they shouldn't be doing that. And therefore, there is, uh, there's a shame underneath all of it. Um, and yet the, the person who receives it uh, is also receiving the shame and holding on to the shame. Um, and I've seen this multiple times with people that uh, they feel like they're damaged. They've done something wrong. They should be holding the secrecy. Um, and they take, it's very personal to them if, it's, if it was something about them that created this versus, you know, there, there's nothing about them. They, they were... Uh, uh, they were utilized as an object at that moment. Yes, and um, your last words there are very powerful. They were utilized as an object. They were manipulated and tricked into something that was so far outside of their nature for the age that they were at the time the abuse was going on. I feel like they're, they're great points for to help us understand uh, the feeling of shame or the feeling of embarrassment. Um, I feel like uh, the wording, we need to have a variety of wording here because I think for anybody that has not been through a child sexual abuse situation, um, they are often feeling like, why, why are they feeling shameful? Why are these people feeling shameful? Why are they embarrassed? It wasn't their fault. They, they, it's almost like they have the answer, you know, the, the general public, but it's the person that it's happened to that takes on these feelings. And if we can just explain that, and, and look, we understand why these feelings are there. And I'm sure there's research done, psychological research to, to why they appear. But if we can just show people that the feelings of, the fact that you got manipulated and you got tricked and you know some people feel like they, they got taken for a fool they got taken advantage of all of those emotions and thoughts we need to help people we need to support people with just to let them know that they are all in your head and created the fact is you were a child you were not you were not of a development in your life to understand what was going wrong. Nobody told you or educated you on what was right and wrong in those days, uh, which is something we need to change. And you can think about this as the fact that you've made it through and you're still here to tell the story is the strongest thing about your story. A um, couple of factors here as we, you were talking showed up for me. One is that, um, there's a very different experience that happens if someone was violently abused. 
uh, they give themselves the right to be angry. They, you know, sometimes they have the way of going to their family and getting protected. They might have the law to protect them. And um, although a lot of the um, experience of the shame is still there, but the anger creates some power. Um, the other side of it is when you were talking about somebody who manipulates you, they're a friend of the family, or they are a member of the family. They are uh, one of the members, like if they're the, the father or the mother or the uncle or the brother that are supposed to be kind of like, you know, the trust factor who is supposed to be there. If it's someone um, uh, that you knew um, and they, you know, they were supposed to hold this kind of a... Um, trusting secure uh space where the, the child allowed that to happen and uh, then they were you know slowly those boundaries were crossed where the, the child really didn't know what was going on and then suddenly it's like okay i'm i'm in the middle of a game that i don't even know how to be but i ha i have to hold it and i can't even say anything to family members because it you know it didn't it kind of like destroys the whole family so I have to hold that burden also. And there's so many different versions of this, of whether it only happened once or it was it, there was a relationship that got created out of this whole thing. So there's so many different factors involved in how a person uh, takes what has happened to them and brings it into the fabric of their, their personality and how they survived it. And what you said very, very beautifully about their resilience is, is to look at how they've endured also these pieces and how they've survived, how they, um, you know, what they made out of it about themselves. Um, most of the time they take all of the negative stuff and assign it to themselves and how we could also look at all the beauty and powerful uh, part of them that, that was there side by side. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. It'd be nice if we could just find some optimism of some sort, find some positivity of some sort in people's stories, the fact that they survived it, the fact that now they are in a lot better position to ensure that it doesn't happen to their children because they understand the signs, they understand the nature of abuse, or even children within their own family. Um, they're in a they're in a lot better position to do that now. They learnt from their own experience. So there are, uh, you know, I'm not saying that um, uh, going through sexual abuse has its has its benefits. It really doesn't. But you know, it's happened. It's happened now. We can't change that. So what? Are we going to do with it is where I direct a lot of my work. And can you share a little bit about how this has personally affected you? Yeah, I I feel like my story isn't the stereotypical story um, with regards to the fact that when the abuse finished, when I was 10 years old, it went on for two years. So I started when I was eight. Uh, it finished when I was 10 because my uh, uh, the the man that was doing this to me moved away and I just returned back to the child that I was. In fact, I never had deterred from that child that I was. I showed no signs. Um, I was very, I was very, I was flourishing in school. I had lots of friends. I was captains of sports teams and this just continued throughout my, throughout my life. Um, but at 25, as I mentioned at the start of this conversation, at 25, everything changed for me. And, and you know, the, the question of how did it affect me, that is uh, such a complex question. And, and 
often I'm asked that. And I feel like up until my mid twenties, everything was um, below surface. Um, as I mentioned, I, I, it really didn't look like it had affected me at all. I even asked people who knew me back then and still know me now. Um, and I'm talking about like parents of my friends. And I say to them, like, um, now you know what happened. Could you like, you know, join up the dots and be like, ah, that, you know, that was probably a sign or that. And they all say to me, they all say, you would have been one of the last people we would have picked. Confident, striving for more, got a good, I got a good career in engineering. And, but I think what it did to me, which is where the passion for this work comes, is it, 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 it allowed me to really feel how, um, the, the emotions involved in when a child is hurt and because I was a hurt child I was an exploited child I was a child that got taken advantage of for my innocent nature I was an innocent child who did nothing wrong and that man took me took a liking to me took advantage of me and ripped all of that innocent and childlike nature apart and that's something now that I carry deep within me and so I feel this very huge discomfort so much so that I occasionally I'm losing sleep over this when I hear another story or I see something that is not being done correctly or um, and when it comes to children's nature and and children's uh, the 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 well-being of children and the raising of children I can't seem to let that go and um, I am now on a mission here and I feel just hugely passionate it's very easy for me to live a life where nothing else matters than this and I know that that's not going to be healthy I know I need to concentrate on all areas of my life but the thing that the abuse did to me I believe is just gave me this incredible passion to make sure that this doesn't happen to any more children um it's it's important when you say this about how uh when an experience happens that um, I think our resiliency, the power is how to separate those and live. Um, the, like you said, you live the child that was supposed to be out there and live. And then a lot of times when, when we're abused, we do this kind of separation. We dissociate that part of us where we could survive. Like, you know, this part can do this and then have these emotions. And then the other parts can just live in the society and the family with their friends and do all of that. I do uh, see a lot of um, the conversation of when is it that shows up more, mostly, I think that it shows up when our identity is formed and is going to, to the world from that identity. And also uh, intimate relationships become, uh, become serious um, in those age, right? And within our 20s, uh, the significance of intimate uh, relationship and intimate sexual relationships um, are at the forefront, right? So we're, who we are as an identity of our career and who we are as an identity in the intimate relationships is the significance of those years. So most people through, during those years start looking at what has happened to me. How is this now showing itself in all of these different areas of my identity and my intimate relationships? Um, is that how it also showed up for you? Yeah, I feel like... Um when everything changed when I couldn't when the memory started knocking on my door like never before um when I was 25 led, leading me to speak out for the first time when I was 27 I feel like that change 
possibly because I'm you know I don't know for sure has come about because I've got to an age of development that I'm ready to handle the situation because when I was 18 I was in no position to handle this complex situation you know the memories the dealing with it all and maybe I was just very fortunate that my brain gave it back to me uh, when I was ready um uh, and I feel I actually feel very fortunate about that. You know, I I, I had I, this just was not on my radar, absolutely not on my radar. Not even now. Now I'd never forgotten about it. You know, uh, there was a couple of films where it was mentioned and it triggered me. Um, there was a couple of conversations I remember that are very significant during my younger years where it triggered a memory. So I'd never forgotten about it. I just didn't care about it in those days. You know, when I was 18, when I was 21, out partying, you know, doing my thing, I, I didn't care about it. And I'm glad I didn't care about it because at 25 and then 27 and then 30, when I told a lot, a lot more people and I started speaking uh, about it publicly, I feel like I was then ready. I was then of a maturity or a development to, to talk about it. And I just want to mention about like the, the relationships. Did it affect my relationships? Did it affect my work, uh, uh, ethos uh, did it uh, affect any depression levels anxiety levels I'm pretty sure it did right but I'm also pretty sure that various life events life events in my was were equally as significant you know maybe I saw a terrible breakup from somebody close to me maybe I had a real disappointment in my career maybe somebody um exploited me in another way maybe somebody ripped me off financially you know all of these events during my life have shaped my personality equally as much as the abuse um so i would hate to say ah, oh, maybe i had a relationship breakup uh, that was because of the abuse or that was because of the abuse I i'd be completely guessing um so you know i just want to really focus on how we move forward from here, um, especially as you mentioned with men um, and, and, uh, and, and how we can get parents informed and how we can get this thing into the school system and how we can get the laws changed. That's the kind of vision that I've got for this. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a process that you went through where it, you said, okay, I am uh, not going to talk about this. This is private to I'm going to talk about it. Like for me, I think it was, um, you know, I've gone through my own therapy. I've uh, many years of looking at and, and the contribution of what that experience had in my intimate relationships, in my self-esteem, in all of those. And I remember at one point it was, and working with a lot of people who have gone through this, uh, but I remember it was a conference at one point where um, uh, someone told me, the, the person who was handling the conference asked me, do you know any of your clients who would be willing to share? Um, because we're going to talk about taboos and, um, and this is what we want to share. And at one point, and that, when I was looking at who, and I thought, well, me, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was the first time that I had the ability to do it, but also it was relevant to when my mother um, was no longer coherent enough to be able to hear this because I knew that hearing this would affect her greatly yes. because there were a lot of people who, you know, might have been people who she would have known. 
Um, so it was more like, oh, how did I get ready to be public about this and have a conversation? And after that, we I think we went to nationwide conferences and, you know, we put these, uh, we, we talked about it and so many thousands and thousands of people came in and talked about it afterward and shared with me that it really affected them and it brought them into a light of, oh, I can talk about this. I don't have to hold the secret. What was the process in you that brought something that was something private and taking it a stance and putting it out there? So I started getting really low uh, bouts of sadness and I couldn't really figure out what it was. It wasn't usual. I knew something was wrong. Now I sat with these bouts of sadness because, you know, I had no clue of what was going on. Um, but you know, I just continued, I just continued with my life. Now, after about six months, I'd noticed that they were getting longer and deeper. And that's when I started to connect the dots. And I thought, ah, maybe it's that thing that happened. Maybe that's what's causing this. Now I hated that realization because I was 25 I was had a good career. I was actually working overseas and um, in my engineering career, had great friends out partying, as I've mentioned a few times now. And I didn't want this to disturb me. Right. I don't need this now. We've been good since, you know, all of these years. Why now? I tried to ignore it, but it just kept coming at me and coming at me and coming at me. And then I don't really don't know how I came to this conclusion, but I thought, I knew I needed to do something different and I thought I should tell somebody and I'm so pleased that I came up with that solution, even though I'm not sure where I would have got it from, because, you know, again, I wasn't following anybody that was talking about this. It definitely wasn't talked about at my school. So it's not like I knew I had this tool in my pocket when I come to this situation. But when I did speak out about it for the first time to one of my close friends who I was friends with at the ages that I was being abused um, and I told him, it just gave me the most, you know what? It surprised me with the, with the reaction that I got internally because I felt, I said to him the next morning, I said, mate, you're never going to believe how good I feel now that I've told you. It was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. There was like a true release it was a true release. And I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know really what I was expecting, but I definitely wasn't expecting that. And over the following five years, I told one more person at time, you know, every about maybe I'd wait a year, I'd tell someone, then I wait six months, I tell another, and then the frequency of me telling people started becoming more and more. And that's when I was like, oh my goodness, look how I'm telling the story now. Because once I told all of my close friends, let's say five people, I started telling their girlfriends and wives. So it's like the next circle. And at the start, once I told 10 or 15 people, um, I just thought to myself, wow, look how much things have changed. Because when I started telling the story, it of course was full of fear, full of anxiety, stumbling over my words, not sure what bits to talk about. But once I told 15 people, it was like, I was like, I'd say to, um, let's, let's take an example, like uh, uh, one of my friend's wives or one of my friend's mums or dads that have known me for some years, I'd be like, oh my goodness, you're never going to believe what happened to me when I was younger. This thing happened and this thing happened. I can't believe it. I've been speaking about, it was like from this place of strength. And that was really what triggered me to think, well, you know what? I 
been on this crazy journey speaking out. Now I'd spoken to maybe 20 or 30 people by this point over five years. And I'd read all those chat, those messages in chat rooms of people like in their seventies never have said anything because they felt like they couldn't. And I thought, well, I've been on this journey and I feel so strong in doing it. That's why I feel like I'm in a fortunate enough. I've got this kind of gift in some way. I should go public with this. So that's the journey from the first, from the memories coming in to telling people, to telling more people, to growing in confidence, to seeing how other people were struggling and then boom, let's go public with this. So it's been a real journey, you know. I've really experienced what you say uh, with many people who have started sharing. Um, and, and some people, when they shared it with, uh, because if it was a family member, some people who have shared it, then the family got dismantled and, you know, they felt really bad. But overall, they felt very, very strong by sharing in a safe place first, like you said, with your friends or people who do it in therapy. And then slowly but surely, they, uh, they learn about themselves and their own strength, like just like you said, and then they <clears throat> continue to be able to do that. They don't always have to create the um, you know, the stance that you are, There's, it's beautiful that you're taking a stance, but even if a person is taking a stance within their own system or their group or family, and they, or they choose at one point that I'm done, I don't need to share yeah, this yeah. anymore because I've, I've healed from it and I don't need to, um, they're all good. I mean, it, it all works out whether, whether you need to share it and go public and take a stand or whether you need to share it and complete it and be done with it. Whatever, whatever stage you are as you're listening or, and viewing us, it's good. It's all okay to, to be able to. But it's almost like if you're holding a secret and the stigma and the darkness of it, can we at least you know, open that up so that you could be free from that? And um, something I, I always make sure that I say, my heart goes out to anybody who tells their family or tells a friend and they do not get the supportive response. Like seriously, my heart goes out to you if you have experienced that. If you've ever told your family and they didn't believe you or they wanted you to keep quiet to not make disruption. If you ever told a friend and they just dismissed it, I am so sorry that that was your experience. I truly, truly am. Um, so I just wanted to add that. And another thing is we're talking a lot about speaking out and speaking out loud uh, to someone else. That may, um, I also want to include another option that people can have, which is equally as powerful. And that is writing your story down, mm -hmm. right? Because maybe you don't want to share it with someone else because it does change. As soon as you start speaking about it out loud, it does change things. The relationship and friendship do adjust slightly. You know, maybe it's they become stronger, no doubt about it, but they do adjust because you've just let out something of your childhood that's very significant. Now, for anybody that's listening that does not ever want to tell anybody to someone's face, no problem. You've got another option here, and that is journaling, right? So you can get a piece of paper and a pen, and you can write down two sentences about your story. That's, that's enough for the moment. Right. But just make sure you write them so that when you read them back to yourself, they make you feel strong. Now, set yourself a task the following week to come back to that piece of paper and write two more sentences. Now you have four. 
Now, if you continue doing this every week and you go back to the sentences that you've already written and rewrite them, if they don't make you feel strong when you read them, you start to picture out, you start to paint your picture of your story, but with strength. Now that is also speaking out. You know, you can do that as a release. And it and I feel I, I feel confident in saying it will always give you a release. Mm -hmm. So you talk about the movement and what it does and what the mission of it is for the future. Um, what is that? Can you share with us? What is your vision? What are you doing um, when you talk about changing laws and changing cultures and all of that? What is in your view? So I run a movement called Something to Say. And the reason why I created it is because I had something to say. That's how this whole thing started. And I got such a incredible release from speaking out. I wanted to create a platform that other people can use to speak out as well. So um, I've created this platform. It's on all the social medias. It's under something to say official. Now I'm sharing other people's stories. We're also posing questions on there to try to encourage conversation. Um, we also posing uh, posting statistics on there to give out information and it's really turning into this community of people that all want change now i also do lots of work on my youtube channel and all my social media accounts and it's all under the website jeremyindica.com and it's all about opening discussion opening discussion on topics that are not being talked about that we all care about you know we are horrified when this happens to children so so we should be equally as uh, passionate and and driven to make the change that it doesn't keep happening to more children i'm currently putting together a presentation which i've actually finished now um, and i'm going to start proposing it to schools i've made it age appropriate for all the different ages and i want to go in front of young people to let them know what to do if they've been sexually abused or and and how to ensure that to understand what to do if they feel threatened with something like this. Now, I've also put together a presentation for adults because I want to get into organizations. I want to get into businesses. I want to get into um, teacher trainings. I want to get into parents' evenings and talk about these similar topics. How are we going to ensure that this doesn't happen in the future? And how are, can we support people who this has happened to? So these are my big, big visions. Um, the platforms online are now growing every day. The website is going fantastic. Uh, there's something to say. Movement is growing more and more people are, are joining it. And it's not, now we are starting to see that people are writing into us, not just survivors of this experience. We're getting people who are professional who work in the field therapists like yourself people are writing in saying in my 20-year career this is what I saw and just letting us know seeing the commonalities we're getting parents right in now this is a very powerful thing that's started happening recently I've started having a lot of parents message me um, who have who their children have been abused because I don't think we are talking about that at all right so we, we talk about uh, supporting the victim absolutely necessary we talk even about the perpetrators in in various for coming from various angles one thing i am yet to see is the conversation around how are we going to support a parent that has just found out that their six-year-old as an example has been being abused for one year from the neighbor because guaranteed and i talk from personal experience i've seen this i've witnessed this this a parent finding out that this happened to their child when they didn't know 
is ripping a life apart. They will never recover from that. The guilt and the and the and the and the feelings that they failed as a parent will never ever leave them. We need to support those people as well. So the movement I've created online is gaining momentum and and I'm really excited about it. That's beautiful. How could they find you? Yes. So everything is under jeremyindica.com. That's I-N-D-I-K-A. I'm sure the links will be in the description. Um, come and join. All the platforms are there. We're running all the social media platforms. So whichever one you use, press the follow button. Come and join the journey. We're trying to do things. And I say we because I've got a brilliant team of people around me. And we are tr- we all have the same vision for this. And that is to get this subject into places where it's never been before. I want to get it on mainstream TV. I want to get it in the theater. I want to get it on the big, big platforms and come and see how creative we're trying to be. We're trying to engage the audience. We want to appeal to everybody, not just survivors of this experience. Beautiful. Jeremy, anything we haven't said that you really want people to know? I really want everybody to, I really want us all to understand that it's all of our responsibility to keep children safe. They do not have the capability to do it themselves. It is our responsibility as adults to do it. This is number one priority. Nothing else is as important as this. And I believe it's achievable. I believe it's possible. It's just going to take a lot of hard work, passion and drive. And that's what we've got here. So thank you. Jeremy Indica, everyone go to jeremyindica.com. Um, and uh, be a part of the movement however you like to be, whether you have been molested or abused as a child, whether you were a parent, um, whether you were someone who, for any reason, at one point in your life, molested and abused a child. Um, I think, you know, the healing happens uh, 360. It's everyone, because um, it, everyone, everybody is part of the circle. I think that's how it all shows up. I think there's one of the biggest uh, healing is also for people who uh, have done this and they come clean and they say this is what they what they've done and they share their remorse and they share and um, it's a part of healing that changes them and um, people are very forgiving for that also when when you know somebody is also hurting and they've done something and they are in remorse there's an, an amazing experience that happens when someone has harmed another human being. And they even find the human being and go to them and, you know, share their remorse and apologize from the bottom of their heart um, in knowing and understanding or wanting to know how they have harmed another person. So, um, again, 360, if you have been harmed, if you have harmed someone, it's time to heal. And I think that what you're creating and you're bringing uh, together and, um, you know, opening up the notion Um, I'm positive that it will start the healing process for everyone. So thank you for taking the time and being with me. Thank you so much. Those words are very powerful that you just closed with, by the way. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. For all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye. 